Are you a woman, person of color, or a member of some other historically marginalized community who's sick and tired of shrinking to fit into spaces that weren't designed for you? If you're ready to surround yourself with people who think big and you want to get inspired by women who are bold enough to write their own rules, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Build Your Own Table podcast, where we spotlight powerhouse women who got tired of waiting for someone to give them a seat at the table, so they built their own. This is an inclusive space where you can come to listen, get inspired, and make some new connections to help you take that next step into living your best life. I'm your host, Nakia Gray. Welcome to the show. Go shorty, it's your birthday. We gon' party like it's your birthday. Welcome to this special solo episode to celebrate my birthday. That's right, November 29th, 1977 is the day I was born. So this episode is dropping on my 45th birthday. And I thought this is the perfect time for me to talk about who I am, what I've learned in these 45 years, particularly the last five years, because I do believe, and I remember Oprah saying this back in a time when I thought 40 was old. (laughs) Oprah once talked about how you ain't really truly living until you get into your 40s. You don't really know who you are until you get into your 40s. And I didn't really relate to it back then because I was probably in my 20s thinking that I knew it all. And it wasn't until I really got there that I realized Oprah is absolutely right. So as I hit this midway point in between 40 and 50, I thought it would be a great idea to just talk about who I am and what I've learned in my 40s. So the first thing is, you know, as this, you know, last year when I turned 44, my daughter told me that this was my Obama year. And I guess, you know, that's a new thing because she had she had just come off of her Jordan year, which is when you turn 23. So because Obama is the 44th president, mind you, I did not know this, but I gladly accepted it when she told me that turning 44 was my Obama year and it was the year of hope and promise. And I really took that to heart. I really thought about it. And as my Obama year comes to a close, I really feel like I truly am so filled with hope and promise. I mean, that's honestly how I feel. Okay, so let's dig into these lessons. Okay, I've got five lessons since turning 40. And I guess that's one for each year. I don't know. I didn't really think about it. But um, so the first is that it's okay and you should embrace getting older. Um, The opposite of getting older is being dead. And here's the thing. I think that society puts so much pressure on us, particularly women, to stay young, to look young, to feel young, to be young, to not talk about our age, to be ashamed of how old we are. And I probably have just felt that, you know, pressure in society. And so I, you know, probably somewhere around the age of 30 or 31 started saying, oh, I'm not telling my age. I'm not celebrating my birthday. I don't want anyone to know. I can remember bragging about, you know, my birthday coming and going like the quiet storm. I wasn't going to say anything. And you know what? When I really think about it, um, particularly as a child 
that lost her mom when I was 10 years old. My mother passed away. And I can't even imagine, you know, my mother was 31 years old. And I had like kind of like this little weird uh, period of time when I was 31 and I, I had reached the age that my mom was. And at the time that my mother was 31 when she passed away, I was 10 years old and my brother was six years old. The weirdest thing, I never even noticed this until I turned 31 and my daughter was 10 and my son was six. And I, it really hit me at that time, like, oh my God, imagine if I were to leave this world right now and these kids were here, right? And so when I started to, you know, turn 40, I did not do anything big for my 40th, but probably around 41 or 42, I really uh, recalled that and, and thought back to being 31 and just looking at, you know, my God, how young my mom was when she when she left this earth. And so I really felt that it was disrespectful and, and um, it, it was not truly honoring her and her memory for me to take for granted that I have lived, you know, 10 years longer than she has or 11 years and 12 at, at this point, um, 14 years longer than she did. And it's like the audacity of me to think that, you know, society puts some allow society to put this label on me of, oh, I'm not going to say anything about my age. I want to be young forever. It's so ridiculous when you really think about it. The opposite of being alive, the opposite of celebrating your birthday is not having one, meaning you're no longer living. And so I really became uh, so proud of my age and celebrating each year and really accepting it for the true blessing that it is. Every year that I live to see my children here is a blessing. And so I really want to publicly acknowledge that and to honor my mother's memory because I am living a life that she didn't have the opportunity to live that was cut short. And I will not spend one day on this earth taking that for granted. So that is number one, is to embrace your age. The second lesson that I have learned is that no is a complete sentence. I can say no. I don't have to give an explanation. I don't want to go. I don't want to do that. I don't have time. I don't, I'm just not interested, right? I spent so much of my life, most of my life, pleasing other people, saying yes when I really didn't feel like it, agreeing to go with a friend to an event when I was tired and really didn't need to be going, agreeing to volunteer at my kid's school and make cupcakes for something when I had a trial that I should have been preparing for. Just the list is endless, right? I mean, we all do that. We all feel like, oh, I just can't say no. And guess what? I have learned. I have no problem. I love to say no. I am at a stage in my life where I am saying no more than I am saying yes. And that is to opportunities that don't serve me, to friends that don't value me, to service providers who don't value me. I gladly take my little money and go someplace else. I'm not doing it, okay? I value me, I am worthy, and I get to choose what I will and what I won't stand for. And I love that for me, okay? I love that for me. I ain't doing it. I'm not doing it anymore, okay? And that is just like... There's so much freedom in saying no. I have been on 
every committee you can think of within my profession. I was on every bar association, executive board, just volunteering be out the wazoo, right? Just never saying no. And I made the decision actually this year. I just made that decision in 2022. I stepped down from everything except for two. There are two things that I still do, but I stepped down and I turned down opportunities in leadership. I just can't do it. I want to, and really that decision came from, you know, my kids both graduated this year and I wanted to spend just 12 months figuring out what's next for me. What's this next chapter going to look like as I become an empty nester? And I didn't want to be distracted with all these other obligations. And so I have really learned and began to accept and live in my power to say no to things that don't serve me. Number three, this lesson came in my 43rd year. And that is self-care is more than manis, petties, and spa days. I am so glad that this is a conversation that we are having now and that our young women are learning in their 20s and even their teens the importance of self-care. I'm so glad that that conversation is being had. Because guess what? In the 80s and the 90s, I don't even know if self-care existed. If it did, it wasn't in my neighborhood. It wasn't in my family. It wasn't in my schools. It was not something that we talked about. And so we grew up in a time where we had to be strong Black women. We had to get over it. We had to grin and bear it. We had to keep going. We had to keep pushing. There was no one saying to us, take care of yourself. Put your own mask on first. You can't pour from an empty cup, right? And so even when I first learned of self-care, probably in my 30s, I thought self-care was, you know, me taking a self-care day and going to the spa, getting my nails done, getting my feet done, getting, um, you know, uh, having a, a massage. And I learned in the pandemic, it probably started, but certainly towards um, the beginning of, of 2021, I lost my uncle. This was my, my mother's last living sibling. And his death, for whatever reason, just rocked my world. It really was so triggering and just brought up so much grief, unhandled grief, I should say unresolved grief and just so much turmoil for me because um, in, in full transparency, I lost my mom at 10, but no one in my family thought or even knew the importance of therapy. So I did not have therapy when, my, when I lost my mom. I felt very much like I had to be there for my brother. Everyone talked about how, okay, well, you've got to take care of him. And I really took that to heart, you know, and I, I, I really became, you know, they used to call me little mama because that's what I was. I was like a grown up, but I was a child. Right. And so um, shortly after my mother died, we lived, we moved in with my grandmother. And four months after my mother died, my grandmother, who we had just moved in with, she passed away as well. And so I've lost so many people, aunts, uncles, I mean, everyone year after year after year. And never have I had a therapist, ever, okay? So when my uncle died, one of my aunts said, you should really go to therapy. She sent me this website called Therapy for Black Girls. And I said, well, I've never done this before, but hey, what do I have to lose, right? 
So I decided to go. And can I just tell you, I am so glad that I did it, something that I wish I had done long ago, right? And one of the things that I, one of the hugest takeaways from my therapist was she explained to me the true meaning of self-care, taking care of your mind, your body, and your soul, right? And therapy is a form of self-care, is one of the things that I learned in therapy, making sure that I am going to my annual doctor's visits. I can't tell you, you know, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but hopefully this will help someone else who's listening. Not going to the doctor is not taking care of yourself, right? I was one of those people that would skip appointments. I had, I got my first mammogram in 2021, a year ago. I had my first one, even though they say that you should start getting them you know, between 35 and 40. I had never done that. And so that was, that all came from therapy. You know, my therapist really helped me to understand what it means to take care of my mind, my body, and my soul, right? And so it's so much more. Self-care is so much more than those surfacey things like going shopping, doing your nails. All that's good, right? That's a form of self-care. But taking care of yourself from the inside out has been just so invaluable to me, truly changed my life and my approach to my life. Okay, number four is working smarter and not harder without the guilt. That's another thing, right? <laughs> we were raised, work hard, work your fingers to the bone, no sleep, hustle mentality, hustle culture, sleep is for suckers, we'll sleep when we're dead, all of that, right? I, I used to subscribe to all of that, working all the time. And over the past couple of years, definitely within the last five years, I realized how crazy that is. There are so many people that get rich and make money without working so hard. And there's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't mean that they're sleazy. It doesn't mean that they're salesy. It doesn't mean that they're slackers or that they are taking the easy route. I had to forgive myself for things being easy. There are sometimes that I would feel guilty. You know, when I started creating digital products, packaging my intellectual property into digital products, selling it, being on vacation, and people are going on my website and buying things, and I didn't have to show up and do it, I actually felt like, this is weird. Is that okay? Should I reduce the price? That's just not right. I'm not really doing anything. Listen, I am so glad that I have graduated from that low-level thinking. It is totally okay for me to work smarter and not harder and not feel guilty, not feel like I am a slacker, like I didn't earn my money. That is actually hashtag goals, okay? To work smarter and not harder. I think that we have to give ourselves permission to and accept that everything doesn't have to be hard. Making money, this is actually a limiting belief that it took me probably about six months to really crush and break down. And that is that making money doesn't have to be hard. It can be easy. There are lots of very wealthy people who have acquired their wealth and continue to acquire wealth and make money without it being hard. And so at this stage in my life, at this big age, that's what I'm after, okay? That's what I am in hot pursuit of. How can I get more while doing less? That's always my hashtag forever move, okay? 
Now, rounding out my list at number five is to welcome the new. New friends, new opportunities, new places to travel, new places to visit, new restaurants, a new version of myself. You know, sometimes we get so comfortable in our routines, in our friend groups, in our families, in our group chats, and we don't want anything new. We don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to change it. We don't know what that's going to be like. And so I have really stretched myself intentionally. I've been very intentional in the last probably three years or so, probably right before the pandemic, certainly within the pandemic, I really took it up several notches to put myself in different rooms, to meet other people, to learn about them and their experiences, their stories. What could I take from it, right? What's possible for me? That has been so rewarding for me to see, even for myself, things that I like, that I I never really allowed myself to experience new things, to even know that I might like something different. And I'm becoming a new person and I'm embracing that. I don't have to be the same old person. You know, I used to be a person who didn't like to be home. I used to live for running around, ripping and running, right? Always in the streets, always have something to do. Let me tell you something. These days, I love being home. I love doing nothing. I love weekends with nothing planned, right? I am embracing myself, getting to know myself, spending time with myself, and allowing myself to be something that's unfamiliar to me, reinventing myself, doing things differently. You know, my business looks so different than it did five years ago because I really allowed myself to to be true to myself, get to know myself. What is it that I really like? What is it that I really love? What don't I like? And those things that I don't like anymore, I don't do them anymore. I can say no. I can change my business. I can get rid of certain services. I can get rid of certain products. I can do that because I'm an entrepreneur, right? So I have learned so much these first five years of my 40s have been just so eye-opening, and I am so looking forward to these next five as I head on to 50, okay? I am here for it. I am here for the new, the new me, the new opportunities, and all of that, okay? So thank you so much for listening and for uh, just allowing me this space and this platform to share what I'm experiencing as I round out my Obama year. I am still filled with hope and promise. I'm going to take that through year 45 as well. Signing off for now. I hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you did, remember to hit subscribe and head over to buildyourowntablepodcast.com to stay updated and connected with me. I'm Nakia Gray. I'll see you next time.